some examples of how God was faithful uh, in the past come to us this morning uh, in an interesting way in that we know that you look at the the history, human history, as it began in the garden. God did not want, as one song says, he didn't want heaven by himself. It's kind of a lyric that expresses the fact that God is um, self-sufficient. The God of the Bible is complete in himself. He needs nothing. But he desires relationship. And so in his faithfulness to give unto himself his desire, he created mankind. And so many of you know the account. It was perfect. It was a garden. And Adam and Eve were there. And there was unbroken, perfect communion and fellowship with the creator God. But sin entered the world. Satan, the adversary of God, whispered in the ear of Eve that God's word doesn't really mean what God's word says and you can alter it and just do your own thing. And she was deceived and believed what he said and took of what is called uh, the fruit that God had commanded that of all the trees of the garden, they may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And she took of that fruit and she ate and she gave to Adam and he ate and that perfect union was broken by sin. So God, in his faithfulness, even before time began, the scripture tells us that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That God, in his faithfulness, already was preparing a way in which that perfect fellowship and union could be restored. And that it would come through the lineage of a people he would raise up, Israel, who would carry his word, his love letter to humankind all through human history until the day that the Son of God was born through a Virgin Mary, came into this world, lived 33 years, testified that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and was crucified on the cross to bear the penalty of all sin for all mankind and take it to the grave with him, buried. But then God said, as I, I loved what Franklin said, God said after three days, enough! And he raised him up the third day that all who will place their faith in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The faithfulness of God. And we've seen that faithfulness. Scripturally, 
We read of this people known nationally as Israel. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 14, God promised thousands of years ago that I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away. God promised thousands of years before that he would bring this scattered people back, and in 1948, he did. He created a nation again that had been a nation, a people that had not been a, a, a national people. Never before in human history is that done. And so you and I live in a, a very unique period of human history. We've seen it take place, God's faithfulness to his promise. Some other examples that many of us can relate to, of course, during the tragedy of 2001 at 514 Pacific Standard Time when the Twin Towers were driven into by planes. Known to us today as 9-11. And U.S. soil had been crossed and attacked. But you know what came out of it? A short-lived but very real fervent desire to seek God. The churches exploded. People were wondering, how on earth can this happen? Oh God, can you help us? And God in his faithfulness had remnants there to open the doors and welcome. And from that short-lived but brief revival, Many were comforted. Many were drawn closer again to the Lord. Locally and recently, of course, nationally in our own country, it was experienced globally, but locally the, the pandemic of COVID. Man, what a, what a kind of insane and crazy two-year period where all of us were wondering what in the world is going on and here in our state, we saw even uh, the takeover of what is dear to us, the church, and the command to close the doors. And, and yet God in his faithfulness raised up a tremendous amount. Uh, 1,500 pastors said, nope, you're not going to do that to us. And opened the doors so that the people of God could be ministered to so that the people who did not know God could come into a place or come to a place and find the resurrected Christ, salvation, comfort, fellowship, and peace. Jesus promised it in Matthew 24, 10. He said, many will be offended in that day. Speaking of this time, many will hate one another False prophets will arise and deceive many. Lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Do we not live there now? Amen. And yet, God is faithful. And so my intent this morning is 
to step backwards a little bit and to some of you who may not know the history of, of this uh, <laughs> very fun, friendly, and intimate and powerful and sweet fellowship called Calvary Chapel Valley Spring. That you'll see a little bit of how things came to be and you will see God's faithfulness not just in physical terms but how he worked in people. So uh, we'll put this first screen up. Thank you. And I'm going to click through a few pictures here. So it was um, the summer of 1997. One of our granddaughters was going to be born. Sherry and I were in Southern California going to Pastor Chuck Smith's church and a uh, ministry program, pastoral ministry, called School of Ministry. And it's a two-year program. Uh, in the summer of the two years, we came up here, and we had been invited to a home here in the Valley Springs area that there were three or five families that were saying, they were saying they wanted a different church than the churches that existed. Why, I don't know, but we were invited to this home, and we came, and we met these families, and on the way over, I was searching the scriptures for just something to share. And the Lord brought me to uh, a verse in Psalms that became the hallmark of, of our call here. And it comes from Psalm 84, 5, and 6. We were in the living room. We were circled. And I had come to Psalm 84. I was going to teach through it verse by verse. And when we got to verse 5 and 6... Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. And the rain also covers it with pools. And it was like you could cut the silence in the room with a knife. It was what I often refer to as a rhema word of God. It was as if God said the words, valley, spring. But it was only the summer of the first year. So we asked his family, well, sounds like maybe God's speaking. You pray, we'll pray, let's get everybody praying. They prayed for a year. And as that year came to fruition, we got down to the end, you know, end line of school of ministry. And, and uh, April, May, June, July come. And it's like, we're, we're thinking we have... You know, the word of the Lord, yes, Valley Springs. Sherry's saying, you better really know that we're supposed to do this. And so, you know, several words from Scripture. And this is one of the things I would encourage any one of you this morning is that if you're asking the Lord to make clear the next step in your life, well, there are ways you can make sure that that's the Lord. First of all, it will take faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. But secondly, look for him to speak to you through his word. He can pull a word out of a sentence that speaks exactly what you need. Valley spring. And thirdly, ask those that know you and that are close to you 
to affirm or confirm. And so one of the scriptures that God gave us was uh, in our decision to come to Valley Springs came from uh, this passage there in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Come, let's just go over and see. And that's how I want to exhort any of you this morning that you're, you're contemplating the next moving God. Look for him to say it, to speak it, people around you to affirm it, and then in faith, just go and see. What's the harm? The worst that could happen is like, oh, that wasn't... The Apostle Paul wanted to go to Asia Minor. Three times he prayed, and finally God said, no. There's a man of Macedonia. Come over here and help us. Remember that. So... We just decided that was the Lord, we'll go and see. But it, it was, you know, April, May, June, July. So we started looking in the Valley Springs paper, and I'm going to try to move through this quickly. I better not get too long-winded. But we were looking to the Valley Springs newspaper in Southern California looking for a rental. And we would get an issue of the paper, and we look, look, nothing. Look, look, nothing. Look, look, nothing. Look, look, one. One rental. Happened to be a rental that a retired pastor owned. And when I got him on the phone, I said, you don't know me, but. And so I explained who I was. And I well, sight unseen, he rented us this place. But it wouldn't be available until August, and it's July. And we needed to leave. Oh, we had lived two years with this lovely lady, and. She would have let us stay, but, you know, we were like, it's time to go. So when we were getting ready to go, we thought, well, what will we do? We thought, well, we could camp. So we went into Costco at Santa Ana and bought a tent and put it in the truck in the the U-Haul or whatever it was. And we drove up here, all the way up here, and we camped at Pardee. That is the spot that we camped at, at Pardee, for couple weeks until the house came available and then we moved in to this place right here it's over on Henny Lane if you go you know 26 come to Silver Rapids make a right go to Henny make a right and then you'll come down in there and this was a beautiful little place that housed us for a while we had Bible studies there Um, we met on one night during the week uh And one of the verses that the Lord gave us about meeting in a house, you know, we didn't have, we weren't a church. We were just believing God wanted a church. And I'm a Calvary Chapel pastor here in this community. So we just started meeting in a house. Acts 2.46 says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. 
And so we just started meeting in our home once a week. And, and those families that had prayed with us the year before, they started coming. They started telling friends. We were meeting in the evening. The house isn't very big, so we would meet right there in that front yard. We put chairs out. It was a glorious time. Uh, was, the weather was great. We'd do some worship, study through a book of the Bible. And uh, it just started growing. Now, I, I remember we even had our first baptism on that lawn. We got a dunk tank that you use at a circus. And we emptied our hot water tank thinking we could make the water warm, but the hot water tank only filled the dunk tank that much. The rest was cold water. And the look on those first baptisms face, man, that was like worth, I wish I looked all day for a picture. I couldn't find one. So then the people that we were meeting with started saying, hey, can't we have a Sunday service? We're, we're growing into a church. We're a church. We're a church. Can't we have a Sunday service? At the same time, there were benevolent givers in this small group of people that were saying, we have a vision for a church here, and we're going to donate land. And we thought, oh, well, that's, that's awfully nice. Yeah, it's going to be a church, but we're not a church yet. doesn't matter. We're going to buy this land, and it's going to be a church. Uh, okay. And then can we have a Sunday service? So the next thing we had to do was go to the Foothill uh, Lutheran Church down the street here. And, you know, hi, you don't know me, but. And so we asked if we could take their facility from 8 to 9, and they did their church from 9 to 10. So we'd come in kind of quickly, do a little church service on Sunday because the people wanted a Sunday service. They wanted to feel like church. So we did that. And uh, it was glorious time. It was very benevolent of them to open their doors. And it was a growing and an instructional time for us. Meanwhile, Sherry had gotten a job over at Jenny Lynn Elementary School and was teaching first grade grade there. And uh, it was a good thing she did because I wasn't working or getting paid. We had a supporting church over in Jackson who said, well, Art, I'll give you 500 bucks a month. We can't live on 500 bucks a month. So somebody else had to work and get an income coming. A little tongue-in-cheek there. You guys aren't laughing, but it was a good time. Uh, And her relationship with the, the school district allowed us to apply to meet in the multipurpose room at some point. So we were here at Lutheran for a while, but while we were starting to move over, we were thinking we would move over uh, Easter. The Lutheran Church was October of 98, and we were going to move over to the school on Easter of 1999. Well, in the process, uh, the people of this small little Bible study gathering started thinking, well, no, let's Let's fix this land. Let's buy this land, fix up this building, and we'll have a church. So I don't know if you can see that pointer. Uh, I won't do that. So this chapel over there used to look like that. It was a dentist's office, a real estate office, and one other thing, all three of it in it. But when 
when it was purchased by the, I don't even think we had our 503C yet. When it was purchased by the donors that were going to donate it, it looked like that on the left, on the right. So the people had a mind to work. This was where we were in the school multi-purpose room for 12 years. Uh, services there. Sunday morning we had a uh, little trailer. A lot of you remember, some of you that were here remember this period of time. We had a trailer. We put all of our music equipment and everything in this trailer. We'd show up on Sunday morning, unload the trailer. As we went along for a couple of months, finally the school allowed us to keep our chairs there. And uh, that became easier. It used to be chairs too. Meanwhile, we started working on that chapel. And that was one of the next steps. It looked like that. What happened in the heart of this small little group of believers is that they, they had a mind to work. They wanted to see something come to fruition. And perhaps you know what that's like this morning, beloved. When God puts something in your heart and you have a mind to do it, a mind to work, it doesn't have to be a, a physical edifice. But God puts in you by his spirit a mind to move forward in the work that you sense he's calling you to. And so I'll take you through a few pictures. Uh, first, we had to dismantle everything, take it apart. You can see Marvell across the street. Uh, one of the first steps was to strip it down on the outside, and then someone had a vision for 20 more feet added. Then, of course, you had to start framing it and bring in beams. And after you put the beam on, you could put the trusses on, and so it started to take shape. You can see it there. Transformation starts to happen. And... Uh, the foundations of what would become a presence in this community by reason of a physical structure were laid as we started laying the block wall. Right now, we're, uh, there's a couple folks that were with us for a long time. Sorry about that. One couple that was here and did youth for a lot of years is there, some other workers. And you can see we're laying that brick wall where right now that's an entirely uh, landscaped area, but there was nothing there. Um, we're told in scripture that when God raises up individuals to do the work, that he gifts people. He Every gifted artisan who's Heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And so people just continued to be there to work to see this thing come to fruition. One day we were able to finally put a sign up. Uh, this is May 2001, May 12. And so in some ways we got to this point where the workmen labored and the work was completed uh, by them. They restored 
the house of God. And so I remember, I remember specifically someone praying for that grass that our kids play on still today. Someone said, wouldn't it be nice if we could have grass? So someone started praying for grass, and someone donated sawed grass. And next thing you know, when that building was just about done, we could gather and pray and thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Thus, some of the ministries that are still going on today began. Uh, Midweek place for having Bible study. We had VBS outreaches from the very beginning. Uh, We even had a Christian radio station over there in the little closet for 10 years broadcasting through the community. You may find it interesting that at times in our VBSs in this building, we've had 90, 100, 110, 100 and, I don't know, maybe over 110 kids. But at one point, we crammed 110, how many? 140 kids into that chapel over there. And it was wall-to-wall glory, I'll tell you that. Um, We would dress it up on the inside the same way we do here. And we often and always have had a heart to see God reach children. And uh, so appreciate uh, those that are spearheading Operation Christmas Child because it's not just reaching the children of the world, but we desire to reach the children of this community because so often through the child, you gain the parent. And so it became a way in which we touched lives. Now, on the left there, there's some guy. I'm not sure who that is, (laughs) but you probably can recognize, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of God. Uh, The Christmas parade at one point with our radio station, it was called KWLK 103.7, The Walk. And uh, (laughs) we had a radio guy do radio voices and we, we broadcast all throughout this valley. And if you were you know, it was a, what we call a low-power uh, radio station. And low-power, but I mean very low-power. If any of you who know stereos, what a 100-watt stereo does, not much. Well, that's how many watts we had, was 100 watts. And if you were in the right road in between here and Stockton, you could get it. But that was about it. And after 10 years of ministry, we really believed that the Lord was closing the door to that work, and uh, our brother and colleague, Calvary Chapel Pastor Mike Scanlon up in Susanville, bought the rights to the radio station, moved all the equipment, bought his own equipment, and now transmits into three prisons every day the gospel of Jesus Christ through KWLK. Those guys on the right, uh, each one of them... uh, except for one of them, is still in ministry today. Uh, one of them has gone home to be with the Lord. So, so here we are. We've got this chapel over there, nice lawn. We've got an office in the community. We're a presence. We're meeting in the school. And uh, me and a dear brother were standing on the porch one day, and we were looking this 
this way, if you can envision being on the porch of the chapel, looking where you're sitting. And there was nothing there. And someone said, wouldn't it be nice if someday we could meet here? Instead of meeting there, that we could meet here. And that kind of vision comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a promise of, the, of, of God that in the last days he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We read about that in the book of Acts, chapter 2. It is very uh, real and relevant and true to scripture today in this moment. And so God's pouring out his spirit. And because his spirit is poured out, we read, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also on my maid servant, men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so vision. Has God given you a vision? What do I mean by that? I don't mean necessarily seeing something with your eye, but sensing something with your heart. Seeing something in your mind's eye. Has God given you a vision for your life? Young people, how I pray you would seek God and ask him, Lord, what is your vision for my life? Because he does desire to impart vision and his spirit has been poured out and he continues to pour it out. So we said, yes, Lord, would that be your will? And sure enough, the donations began to come in. The, the amounts of funds that came into making where you're sitting happen are amazing. And so, on the right is from looking at the porch of the chapel. Nothing existed. This is November 15, 2002. Plans were drawn up. Uh, Permits were secured. The work began. And you see that it says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore, arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord. This was the, the tone, the sense of what was going on in that period of time. And what I hope you hear this morning is God is still at work here. This isn't, okay, that happened then and we're done. God is still at work here in very powerful ways in your lives. And the physical structure at this time was just a reflection of that. Uh, very sweet how the beams came in and uh, we got the entire shell if you were to imagine this place completely empty, completely empty, the outside hasn't changed at all. It just looked beautiful on the outside. But there was nothing in here. The outside work complete. The inside work sat dormant for almost seven years. Seven years. We would go to the school, have church, come here for midweek and walk by this building and go, Oh, couldn't we be in there someday? It gave us a longing. It gave us 
something to pray for, to want to see to take place. And why is that important? There's a verse I want to share with you from Scripture about that. We're told that though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Though our outward man is perishing, Paul talked, he had great physical problems, the Apostle Paul. And he realized that the outward man does perish, but the inward man, our spiritual man, the Christ in us, is being renewed day by day. Or the availability to be renewed day by day exists. And my question and exhortation and and thought this morning For you, is the outside work done, but the inside work laying dormant? Is there any part of your Christian life that remains very visible outwardly, but inwardly there's this hunger and longing for the fire of God to return? Bible says, Jesus said, if we ask, that our Heavenly Father will give. And I see this particular stage in the process of this physical structure as having its application in the life of men and women and young people of God, that at times the outward work is done. They've come to faith in Christ. They've given their life to the Lord. And somehow in the process of going through days and months and years, it becomes just going to church. And there's this uh, dormant, if you will, work, deeper work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he wants, beloved, for you and me. To take us deep so that deep would call unto deep. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Seek and you will find. Well, seven years goes by. And finally, uh, what's important about that? Well, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Perhaps you're waiting today on something that you knew you were supposed to do, you were going to do, you were sure it was going to happen yesterday, and it's still not happening, and you have been walking with God, you know God intimately, and you're wondering why this isn't happening. Perhaps. And we have to fall back on what God says in his word. He says, we make our plan. But the Lord directs our steps. And to to try and 
fight against that, to make something happen, is just an exercise in frustration. The plans got finished. The building got worked on. I looked all over for pictures of the work going on in here, and I couldn't find any. So I apologize for that, but you can see it around you. You're here every week. From the restrooms, to the nursery, to the kitchen, to the hallway, to the cry room, to our office, to the foyer, to this lovely sanctuary. Line upon line, God has honored his word. And he has been faithful. He remains faithful. Why is that so important to you and me this morning to look backwards? What goes on here? Uh, weekly Bible studies to grow in the grace of God. Outreaches, uh, in-reach events, men's and women's. One of the things we didn't mention here, I didn't mention, were uh, the amount of missions that we're involved in. You can look at our wall in the hallway and you can see various parts of the world where your faithfulness to... Uh, contribute here touches lives, not just on Christmas. And your faithfulness in this work is touching this community. You may know that, you may not know that, at times you may wonder about it, but take the 10,000 foot view. Think about God's perspective of human life and his work right here in the valley of Baca that has been made a place of spring. I'll close with this. Our emphasis here has always been and will remain him, Jesus. Not church, not denomination, not ministry, but Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so we endeavor to preach him, warning every man, if you come into these doors and haven't had a relationship with Christ, as we walk through the word of God, there's a warning that God is calling all into repentance. There's a warning to those that have strayed. He will go after the one and leave the 99. So we preach him warning every man and teaching. We endeavor to go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present. In other words, when you and I stand before the Lord, he's going to say, hey, what did you do with me in your life? <laughs> what did you do about me? What did you do with me in your life? Each one of us will stand before God and give account. Our hope, my hope, is that we can say, Lord, we just sought to preach about you so that every man would be presented perfect 
in Jesus Christ. The real building is you. Okay? So there's been some pictures of a physical structure, but you and I are the building. 1 Corinthians 3.9, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Where I want to leave us this morning is with this thought. I think I'm on time. The main point is this. What is it this morning as you came, as you got up out of bed as perhaps you went to bed last night, you went through your day yesterday or this past week. What is it that you're still wondering about in your heart? Someone once put it this way, what is it that hovers over your curiosity about what will happen tomorrow and the tomorrow after that and the tomorrow after that? This is that place where knowing God's faithfulness, seeing God's faithfulness, and trusting his faithfulness in your life becomes strength. Notice what Psalm 18.32 says. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. The word perfect in, in Hebrew means complete. God arms us with strength and he makes the way in which we're going complete. And some of us this morning might be saying, well, I wish he'd hurry up and do that because right now it's a little out of order. Right now things are topsy-turvy. Remember, God is faithful. And he remains faithful even when we are not. His word has proven his faithfulness. Psalm 18 verse 30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So what is it that concerns you today as you came? Maybe you just... Set it aside as you came through the church. You know what? I'm not even going to care about that today. Right now, I'm just going to go in and worship God. And as you've been here, it's creeped itself back into your heart, that thing that you are concerned about. I draw your attention to a promise that is yours. It is mine. And all it is there for is the ask to receive it and believe it. Psalm 138.8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. You are the work of his hand. He knows what concerns you this morning. And he has promised, he is faithful, and he has promised, he will perfect it. He will complete it. Now add one last thing to that. The fact that you and I are the work of his hand. He started a work in you. You realize that? 
kind of like looking at that old tore down building on the side of the road that, that was just laying there without interest of anyone. And, and God saw it and said, I want to do something with that. He saw your life and he said, I want to do something with your life. And as you gave your heart to him, asked him into your life to forgive you of your sin and begin to work you, like me, like that building, God starts hammering and chiseling and moving dirt and moving earth and moving desires and moving aspirations and moving goals and, and moving the things that are important to the places where other things become important. And so the message this morning as we celebrate God's faithfulness is that you and I are a work he's begun in. And we have a promise. He will be faithful to complete it. Last verse up there, Philippians 1.6. Take this home, put it on your refrigerator, pin it to your forehead, put it in your wallet because God says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, what? Will be faithful. The parentheses are mine. The verse says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He started it in you. He's going to complete it in you. Just remain pliable in his hands. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Father, this morning as we have taken time to look at your faithfulness, we are convinced again that you are faithful and you always will be and always will remain. Sometimes we wonder how you will finish that thing or do that thing that so, so desperately concerns us. You know every heart here this morning, Lord. So we're going to take these elements and remembering that you were faithful to provide a way for us to know your Father. You were faithful to provide a way in which our sin could be forgiven through the giving of your life. And so God, this morning, would you just receive our thanks as we partake together and remember what you did in sending your son